0: Well, good afternoon and welcome to Cosmosis here on Radio Free Nashville. have a very special treat for you today. I don't know if you knew this, but there was a tapers underground, kind of a tape trading underground back in the late 80s and 90s as well, and our guest today was one of the I would I, as far as I can tell one of the more prolific artists in that tape trading underground his name is Russ Stedman. He is out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota and he's had a lot of releases. You can find all of his music on russstedman.com and let's start the interview. Tell me um, what what got you started in music? What uh, what were your what's your earliest memories of actually enjoying music and deciding you wanted to play music?
1: Um Well, enjoying music. Uh, I started listening to Kiss when I was seven years old, which is kind of precocious, but, um, you know, the neighborhood kids were into it, so I just kind of uh, picked it up uh, from them, and, you know, when you're seven years old, uh, there's no better band to be into than one that, you know, look like monsters and breathe fire and stuff, so... So that was kind of what got me into buying records and uh, um, new. You know, as far as playing music goes, um, when I my first uh, first uh, inkling of wanting to play music was uh, actually not guitar; it was uh, banjo.
0: I did not know <laughs> I, that.
2: Wow. Yeah,
1: and uh, that was because uh, another one of my Big heroes when I was a kid was Steve Martin oh, uh, okay. uh, on Saturday Night Live and stuff. So sure. um, I thought he was cool and funny, and I wanted to play the banjo. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, we, my mom took me to the to the the music shop and told them that uh, I wanted to take banjo lessons, and they said, "Well." That's kind of odd. Um, you should probably start with the guitar first before you try to play banjo. Wow. So um, so that's what I did. Wow.
0: <laughs> that's a good story. I didn't know that. <laughs> did you know Steve Martin just put out a banjo album like recently?
1: Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I haven't heard it.
0: But, uh... Uh, I, was, I figured you'd be right first in line at midnight to pick that one up, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, I tell you what, um, from Kiss uh, and from Steve Martin and the banjo, Um Did you go ahead and take guitar lessons, or did you kind of learn by ear a little of both, or how did that work out for you?
1: Um, I took a few lessons, yeah. I mean, they, you know, tried starting me out with the Mel Bay book. Ah,
0: the evil Mel Bay. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Learning how to pick out the melodies to uh, Down in the Valley and stuff like that. And um, that didn't last very long, and uh, really started actually trying to write and and record music before I even really knew how to play guitar very well. Um, this uh, friend of mine, uh, who you know by the name of Mike Myers, mm-hmm. um, him and I started out um, recording our own songs, uh, absurdly enough, um, as early as, um, like, 14 years old. This would have been the early '80s, and uh, we were um, uh, newly. Uh, we had just figured out the Beatles and thought they were really cool, and figured that uh, we should um, start recording our own songs like the Beatles did. So, so mm-hmm. we did.
0: <laughs> did you guys do it live, or did you guys do the old ping pong thing—one recorder, do another recorder? How did how did that work out?
1: Yeah, we did. Um, we we yeah pretty much went back and forth between two tape recorders yeah um and um i'm actually in the process of <laughs> remastering some of that stuff right now and it uh, there's really no way to um make it sound all that listenable considering how horrible it starts out but sure. but um i'm going to i'm going to put it up on the website anyway cuz it's uh, the first stuff i ever did so
3: Back of my car, I'm gonna get in late at night and drive real far. I've always wanted a radio station in the back of my car. I'm gonna play all those good old songs. Bye. September but never in my crew
0: pirate song before that underneath my skin and right with me from our interview subject today russ stebman out of sioux falls south dakota were you in a lot of bands growing up
1: um well i was uh that was kind of my first band me and mike um uh we moved on from that to uh getting a bass player and starting a cover band that uh um we were, you know, pretty horrible, but, <laughs> and we never, you know, we never played anywhere because we were like 15 years old, but, um, you know, we did um, the the tunes of the day. We did a lot of uh, uh, ZZ Top, Eliminator, and uh, Def Leppard, and uh, Quiet Riot, and things like that, mm-hmm. so. Um, that was the next band. Um, really didn't, do an original music band until uh I was about seventeen and Mike and I uh started another band called uh, Teenage Slots together and uh that was all original music. That was kinda of more of a punk rock band and uh we we played a couple of shows in, in uh not in not in our hometown but in surrounding areas and uh it was it was pretty good.
2: Okay,
0: and uh, Brett, what? When did you start doing? Um, at some point in the '80s, you really extensively got into home recording. Um, ab- around what time did that start? And uh, what what kind of equipment did you have starting out?
1: Um, that was. Uh, I, I pretty much continued doing that uh, all all along the way. Uh, you know, starting with the the uh, early stuff with Mike, and then um, kind of just when he got tired of doing it, just uh, started doing it on my own. And, uh, um, I bought my first four track in about, uh, 87 and, uh, that was, uh, Pascam Porter one, bought it for $500 that I, uh, made playing in another cover band. So there was uh, a purpose to, uh, playing, uh, Brian Adams in, uh, Alabama every weekend. Um, that turned out good cause I got the four track and, uh, I recorded on the four track for, oh, let's see, it was about 95 when I moved up to an eight track and uh, eight track cassette recorders. And then um, from there, um, probably a few years ago, moved into computer recording and uh, just recently uh, have started uh, using Pro Tools so within the past uh, year here or so. <laughs>
2: that's wrong.
0: must be mad and the radio is melting two songs from our interview subject today russ stedman uh, musically now we're, we're, we're still back in uh, about 1987 when you start when you got your first four track uh, musically obviously i i can't imagine you were sitting around listening to brian adams in alabama all the time um on your own time uh, <laughs> so what, what, what your your tastes uh i would guess progressed um you're still into kiss what other kind of stuff uh, what stuff did you kind of get into in high school and all that
1: um, mm, mid-high school period was, uh, when I discovered punk rock, basically, um, kind of cliche, but, uh, bought the Sex Pistols album and loved it, and, uh, from there I got into, uh, Who's Doo and, uh, Black Flag and the Butthole Surfers and the Dead Kennedys, just all the stuff that was happening at that time, and, uh, um... You know, I'm sure that uh, that started reflecting on the stuff I was doing, and uh, um, you know, also was a huge Devo fan all all through their career, or most of it anyway. And uh, um, or Frank Zappa, um, major influence number one for me, I guess. I gigantic Frank Zappa freak, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but yeah, those are some of the kind of things I was listening to
0: around then, I guess. Now we grew up in the same town, Mitchell, South Dakota, 15,000 people, kind of out uh, not in the middle of nowhere. But how, growing up in the 80s, and um, how how do you get into people like Husker Du and, um, you know, Devo besides Whippet and Frank Zappa, growing up in a town like this where you're not going to hear it on the radio. This is back, I think people sometimes lose, lose sight of the fact, this is before you had YouTube, this is before you had Internet. This is when basically the only outlet, besides live music would be radio um... mtv had just started you know and uh... how did you how did you find some of these bands
1: um, well you know back then you you just kind of uh... you read a lot of magazines and uh... you um went to the record store a lot and and you know just looked at every single record that was there and uh... <laughs> Um, you know, it was uh, yeah, it was uh, it was um, you know a lot of the, a lot of the stuff I picked up from a friend of mine uh, who lived up in Huron, which is another South Dakota town near Mitchell. Um, he was uh, into a lot of stuff, and he would go up to uh, Minneapolis a lot and bring stuff back. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there was there was life before the internet, you know? <laughs> sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's move forward into your approach to um, writing and recording. Um, how how do you approach songwriting? Um, do you do is it a music first thing? Do you do a lot of notation? Um, tell me a little bit about your approach to songwriting in general and how that's changed over the years, maybe.
1: Um, well, uh, it has changed quite a bit over the years. I mean, originally, I think oh, it was basically a you know, a chord progression and some, some lyrics and, uh, um, you know, as far as the whole music or lyrics thing, I guess I've, you know, done it both ways. and uh, I guess these days um, it's more of a, a music first kind of a thing. In fact, um, a lot of the stuff I've done over the past two or three years, is I've done a lot of instrumental stuff, so I've um, you know, kind of run out of things to say for a while, I guess, or it happens to everybody, but, um, um, yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hear you. Um, what about the recording side of things? Um, is a lot of your stuff one man band stuff where you're, you're in control of everything? Do you bring any outside people in? Uh, how does that work?
1: Oh, I've done pretty much, pretty much every way you can do it, I guess. I mean, it's, it's. I really have done a lot of stuff over the years, and uh, some of it has been with full bands, some of it has been with one other person, The majority of it's just been by myself. Um, I find uh, recording by myself probably the most satisfying, and uh, that's because... um, You know, you don't have to listen to what anybody else wants to do,
0: basically. Right, yeah, I gotcha. (laughs) I gotcha. Um, What do you look for in music that you listen to yourself? What what, what kinds of things in music um, do you enjoy? Are there certain uh, rhythm, harmony, uh, lyrics?
1: Um, I like music that... um, A lot of the music I like is something that makes me laugh these days. I mean, um, it has to have some type of humor element or or at least tongue-in-cheek, you know. Um, I you know, I really haven't listened to a whole lot of new music over the past few years. Um, I was working in a record store for a while and, and got exposed to pretty much everything that came along, and um, a lot of it just... I don't know if I'm just getting old or what, but I think it happens to everybody after a while. You just start listening to the things that you enjoyed when you were younger
0: yeah definitely i I think that does happen to everybody, yeah and the whole humor thing so you see do you see music more as uh it should be used, not taken so seriously should it be more of an entertaining medium than uh than a lot of people take it as
1: um well no i mean that's that's good for me i mean if someone else wants to be serious about it that's that's fine for them i mean I've written plenty of music that was uh serious to the point of being depressing, but um I've I guess I've grown out of that over the years and, and since I'm just doing this for basically my own amusement um i might it might as well be amusing to me <laughs> right sure <laughs> because uh, i'm i'm not uh, i'm not uh, look, doing this to uh try to make a living off of it or or uh, demo for a label or anything i'm i'm doing it for my own amusement and if you know if if someone else happens to find it amusing along the way too then that's great
2: sure okay i've
0: been following i've been following what you've been doing musically for you know uh, you know, about twenty years now, almost twenty years, and um, I note I noticed that there is at least, at least when you were starting out, there was what was called kind of a taper underground, a home home taping underground. Does that still exist now?
1: Um, yeah, I think it does. I mean, I'm not uh, as much of a part of it anymore than I used to be. I mean, obviously, it doesn't exist uh, on cassette anymore like it used to because of, I mean. Uh, you'd be hard pressed to to find a cassette anymore. I can't remember the last time I've seen one in the store. You know, like a blank cassette. But you know, CDs. Um, you know, burn CDs and stuff, and people do pretty much do it on the internet now. And I, you know, it's a lot different than it used to be. It was uh, it was a lot more. Um, it seemed a lot more personal uh, pre-internet when you were getting packages from people with cassettes in them and uh, handwritten letters and all kinds of uh, funky artwork and stuff, and and now it's, uh, you know, the Internet's great, but sometimes it's pretty impersonal, and it's kind of a, you know, take it or leave it kind of a, a thing. You know, if someone sends you an email telling you that they just uploaded their new MP3, uh, I, you don't, I don't know, I don't... You don't feel as uh, obligated to go and listen to it as you would if they took the time to uh, put a package together and handwrite you a letter and send it to you in the mail with postage and everything. So um, it's, um, I think, the internet is is kind of lacking in that regard. But um,
0: sure. yeah.
1: people still do it.
0: Okay, um, you've had your stuff reviewed by quite a, a, a pretty wide array of of. Uh, people in a wide array of places what review did you used to read your reviews Did I read them did you ever, yeah did you ever go through and and some of these uh because some of these these uh you, you used to have if i recall correctly like taping magazines that were kind of underground that were passed around and shared and stuff like that and and i i'd seen your stuff reviewed in some of those am i correct
1: yeah, I mean, I you know if if someone if if one of those magazines was reviewing something that I did, the, the reason they were reviewing it is because I sent it to them. So, so yeah, generally I would uh, you know, uh, the magazines that used to do that back in the day would uh, you know they would usually be kind and send you a, a free copy of the magazine if they were going to review something. So yeah, I mean, and I, I I enjoyed them all. I mean, I especially enjoyed the. The reviews where people hated the stuff because it was. (laughs) (laughs) I've always had kind of a self uh, deprecating sense of humor, so to be able to, uh, you know, do some kind of a cheesy promo package and use review quotes, but use quotes from the really bad reviews always. Thought that was kind of
0: funny. That's that's funny. That's good stuff. <laughs> uh, tell me about tell me a little bit about Zappa. He's he's. You said he was influence number one for you. How did you get into him? Um, what what I mean he and he's had you know he had such a a, a wide uh, variety of styles and all that. What what kind of what? How did you get into him? Uh, and what what of his stuff do you enjoy the most?
1: Um, how I got into Frank Zappa, I guess was um, the first time I ever heard of him was. Actually saw him on television, believe it or not, back in the days uh, around um, early '80s. Uh, there used to be this show on the USA Network at night called Night Flight, and uh, they showed some uh, some Zappa concert footage, and thought it was pretty, you know, funny and interesting stuff. And uh, when I was um, on a family vacation to the West Coast, I picked up uh, one of his albums and uh, dug it a lot and uh, just uh, started buying more and more of them. And uh, once you get the whole set, uh, it's it's even more fun because there's all kinds of little conceptual continuity things that run as a thread throughout his entire body of work that uh, are a lot of fun to uh, yeah, it makes it more fun to listen to, and uh, I, I mean, he's an excellent uh, excellent musician, excellent composer, excellent humorist, uh, pretty much, I mean, if I couldn't listen to any other music again, if I had to pick one artist, it would be him, because uh, he, he pretty much does it all.
0: Yeah, definitely. Have you tried to do that con- uh, continual uh, cons- concept through yours at all, through your music?
1: Um, I, occasionally, I mean, not, uh, not as consciously as Frank did, but I mean, if you were to, uh, listen to all of my recordings in a row, you might notice uh, a few things popping up here and there that, that, uh, that, you know, refer back to other songs or albums or things like that. So, yeah, I've got a little bit of it in there.
0: Okay. Speaking of which, um, where can people find your music if they're, they're interested in hearing it?
1: All of my uh pretty much everything i've ever recorded at this point is is up on my website for for download uh, for free so um if anyone is interested in hearing any of it it's there it's uhrusttedman dot com it's uh... Um and my name my last name is uh Sans the Extra A like the cartoonist, so it's not S T E A D, it's just S T E D. So yeah, Russ R U S S S T E D M A N dot com. And um I believe there's probably about seventy or eighty different recordings that I've created, um, uh, between nineteen eighty two and the present that are are now uh... all recently freshly remastered and up there available for free download so if you're interested there you go
3: Yeah.
4: a tube of super glue Another rack of greasy ribs Another six of Mr. Pill. I bite my lip and close my eyes and dread the ultimate surprise
0: Rock and Roll, Eugene V. Debs, and The Hall. Three tracks from our interview subject today. Russ Stedman. currently working on any projects besides remastering the older stuff?
1: Um, well, that's what I'm just finishing up with now. In fact, just this week, I'm put, putting the last uh, bits of that up there. And uh, so now I am guess I'm going to have to teach myself how to use Pro Tools at this point. So okay. that'll be the next thing. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, one other thing I was going to touch upon, Jason Scott actually forwarded me a story, and I don't remember what the song title is, but do um, you know what story I'm talking about about one of your songs being on, uh, oh, God, what album was that? You know what I'm talking about, too. Oh, shoot. Oh, is this the
1: uh, the, the Star Trek thing? Is that what you're yes, talking about? Yes, that's what
0: I'm talking about. Tell me that <laughs> story, because <I, laughs> he forwarded that to me. I thought that was awesome. What? Go, tell me that whole that whole story. That's great stuff.
1: Sure. Well I uh back in let's see, about eighty nine or so, I uh wrote a song called uh If I was a Carpenter and uh the title of that song is uh you know, a take off on the uh Tim Harden classic If I Were a Carpenter. <laughs> um so, I, you know, I just kind of switched it up a little bit to to avoid confusion between the two songs. Um, so recently I was uh, searching for my name on Google, which is, uh, you know, one of those uh, things that everyone does from time to time, I'm sure. And uh, I found this uh, album of uh, recordings by Leonard Nimoy and uh, William Shatner. And, uh, you know, the, both of those guys did some, you know, hokey pop albums back in the late 60s and early 70s and this was kind of a compilation of those. Uh anyway, so Leonard Nimoy had recorded a version of uh, if I were a carpenter and uh on the artwork for this particular uh compilation, um they credited that song to me.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh so so basically what happened is uh, I had registered the song with BMI, uh the the uh organization that uh, pays people royalties for radio play and stuff like that. Uh, whoever put this compilation together uh, accidentally searched for the song title If I Was a Carpenter, which was mine, instead of searching for the correct title If I Were a Carpenter. So they ended up with my BMI listing and, and based their artwork on that fact. So, wow. So... Henceforth, uh, apparently I composed a song that Leonard Nimoy recorded a year before I was born.
0: That's good stuff. I like that. That's a great (laughs) story. That's one of the best stories I think I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Wow. Um, I I know I was going to ask you, too. Cover songs. You've recorded some cover songs. Um, I know uh, off the top of my head, I remember you you, you did a version of Baker Street. Uh, I know you've done Dedicated Follower Fashion. You interspersed two classics, Beat It and Walking on the Moon... Uh, Tell me, how do you choose the cover songs? Is it uh, because you like them or don't like them?
1: Uh, Both. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, uh, it's probably more fun to do something that you don't like so you can just destroy it. Um, You know, I got that from listening to The Residents, another big influence of mine. Um, Their third rock and roll album is, uh, you know, Destruction of, of 60s. Classics, um, but yeah, I mean, covers. I don't know. It's it's usually pretty spontaneous. Um, a lot of times, I'll just be like, uh, I'm going to record this song. And not a lot of thought goes into it ahead of time, I guess.
2: i
0: Of Jerry Rafferty's Baker Street, Russ Stedman, our interview subject here on Cosmosis this afternoon. And again, the website, www.russstedman.com. There you can find pretty much everything Russ has recorded, right?
1: Um, yeah, people can, like I said, check out the website. There's 25-plus uh, years of my recordings on there for free download. So um, if you're looking for something uh, ridiculous to uh, amuse yourself with and, and it's uh, free, then uh, check it out. Anybody that wants it can have it any time they
0: want. Cool. Excellent. Russ, thanks so much, man.
4: (laughs) Cigarettes and iced tea Both appear very good to me Water for a hot bath A nice night A good laugh I'm so very glad you could stay I'm so glad you didn't go away Cigarettes and iced tea Make things the way they should be First prize at the county fair Hot dogs with sauerkraut Isn't that what living is all about? I'm so very glad you are here I'm so very glad you're so near Kupi dolls with plastic hair Make this a jolly affair People sing, nothing's wrong, not a thing. Everyone's happy, life is good, everyone's doing what they should. I'm so very glad that we stayed for this happy holiday. People dance and people sing, doves fly, at the church bell rings.
1: This is Noah in Oslo, Norway, and I'm listening to Kasposis on Radio Free Nashville.
0: Led Zeppelin from the album Presence and T for One. Before that, Frank Zappa from the Grand Wazoo, Blessed Relief, and Kiss from the album Love Gun, kicking off our number two of Cosmosis, with I Stole Your Love. This is Cosmosis on Radio Free Nashville, 98.9 WRFN, on the FM dial in the Nashville area, on the net at RadioFreeNashville.org, and in the archive section of RadioCosmosis.com. Let me tell you a little bit about the websites, RadioFreeNashville.org. Lots of great stuff there. You can find out about the radio station, how you can help the radio station. You can buy merchandise. You can check out the history of the station. You can look at our very... Vast array of programming here on Radio Free Nashville and you can uh, find out how you can maybe get one of these radio shows for yourself. All that at RadioFreeNashville.org. At com, we have a list of playlists from the very beginning. We also have an audio archive section. And a forum there as well, radiocosmosis.com. So if you didn't catch the entire first hour interview with Russ Stedman, you can go to radiocosmosis.com. It'll be up there in a couple of days. Again, our first hour guest, Russ Stedman. You can check his music out at russstedman.com. That's R-U-S-S-S-T-E-D-M-A-N. Very worthwhile. Very, very worth going over there to check his stuff out. He's got a lot of music on there. From the past 20 years, and um, I'm sure there's stuff that you're going to like over there at Rustedman.com. Let's keep the music rolling after this quick break. Jeff Beck from the album Blow by Blow, Diamond Dust, next on Cosmosis.
5: Yes,
2: yes, 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 yes. <laughs>
5: you guys are great! <laughs> up. So, which one's yours? The one at bat.
2: Strike two. Oh, that's okay, Chris!
5: Only my kid could strike out in T-ball. Oh, run! Chris Go. Uh, Looks like he's having some trouble running. Oh, he's wandering way off the baseline. It's like he can't see. Oh, my gosh, his helmet is too big. It's as big as a crackpot. You know, I must have gotten him an adult one. (laughs) What was I thinking? You're out.
2: When safety
3: equipment doesn't fit,
2: it's game over. That goes for your kid, too. If they're too big for a car seat, that doesn't mean they're the right size for an adult safety belt. If they're under four foot nine, they need a booster seat. It raises them up so the safety belt fits properly. And the right fit makes all the difference to their future. To learn more, visit www.boosterseat.gov, a public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation and the Ad Council. Girls talk about and big boys listen to Cosmosis on WRFN Nashville.
0: From the album Sign of the Times, I could never take the place of your man. The Beatles from Abbey Road, I Want You, She's So Heavy, and Jeff Beck, from the album Blow by Blow and Diamond Dust. This is Cosmosis on Radio Free Nashville, 98.9 on the dial in the Nashville area. On the net at RadioFreeNashville.org and on the internet also in the archive section of RadioCosmosis.com. Right now, from his self-titled debut album, it's a great album. If you've never heard it, do yourself a favor, go out and pick this one up. It's John Prine, pretty good on Cosmosis on Radio Free Nashville. <laughs>
5: friend in Freeman, he sells used cars, you know, well he calls me up twice a year just to ask me how to go, pretty good. From Venus, her insides were lined in gold. But well, she did what she did, said, "How was a kid. She was politely told, Pretty good, not bad. Makes me dizzy. Sunlight makes me clean. Your light is the sweetest thing that this boy has ever seen. Molly went to Arkansas. She got raped by Diamond's dog. But she was doing good till she went in the woods and Dizzy, sunlight makes me flame. Your light is the sweetest.
0: Bob Dylan from the album Blood on the Tracks, Meet Me in the Morning, and John Prine, pretty good. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of Cosmosis. Again, a very, very big thanks to our first-hour guest, Russ Stedman. If you've not gone over there yet, check it out. He's got a huge, huge array of recordings over there at RussStedman.com. Over 20 years of recordings all of it there for you to download absolutely free, rustedman.com. Again, thank you so much. If you missed part of the interview, you can check it out in the archive section of radiocosmosis.com. We do have an audio archive, and we also have a list of all the playlists since the show's inception, and we also have a forum there as well. And, of course, the website for this radio station is radiofreenashville.org. Lots of great information there. Find out what we're up to these days at Radio free You can find out about uh, the programming here, how to get your own radio show, how to buy merchandise, how to help Radio Free Nashville out. Again, that's RadioFreeNashville.org. That's going to wrap it up for this show. Dave Wheel Pop Top, on the way next. Always a great show, so stick around. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening.
2: Your uh, mind together, I'll then come on across to me.
3: We'll hold hands and then we'll watch the sunrise from the bottom of the sea. But first,
2: are you experienced? Uh-huh.
3: scream and cry that your little world won't let you go but who in your measly little world are you trying to prove that you're made out of gold
2: and uh, can't be sold so uh are you experienced <laughs> have you ever been experienced well I'll uh, let me prove it to you. I think they're calling our names Maybe now you can't hear them But you will (laughs) If you just take hold of my hand Oh, but are you experienced? Have you ever been experienced? necessarily stone but beautiful.